Welcome everybody to Craps Journey Podcast. My name is Aaron. This is episode 63. And for this episode, I want to tell a story about my craps table. Well, once again, I have to start off by saying that I've been stopped by stopped from getting to the casino over the last few weeks. And it's just basically my daily grind. Uh, family and work commitments trump everything, they come first and I come last. And that's just such is life. I know I'm not the only one. I've been told this happens to all of us and everybody suffers from this at one time or another. Uh, I haven't been idle by any stretch of the means uh, with my craps journey. Uh, I have a couple of photos to share. So if you are listening to this on a podcast uh, platform, iTunes, Stitcher or, or just via audio, maybe in the car, wherever, I actually have uh, some photos to share. If you go to crapsjourney.com forward slash 063, which is this episode, and uh, you'll get to see those. And I've, I've put a bit of time and, uh, into getting my craps table together, which was stuck in storage for nearly a year. So now is as good as any to, I want to dedicate this podcast to how my craps table came to be. So I'd been looking for a craps table for about two years. As soon as I started on my craps journey, I started looking for a table because I knew that uh, I enjoyed the game so much, always had, always have had since I was 18 years old and could go into a casino, um, that I wanted to make, get my own table. Whether I made it myself or whether I bought it from somebody, I didn't care. I just wanted my own table. Uh, but being in Australia, they're very rare. Uh, they're in short supply. Nobody's selling them. Uh, there was one that was for sale on eBay, but uh, it wasn't much. Uh, wasn't very good, so I didn't bother. Uh, I had actually been uh, conversing over emails with um, Big Jeff from Big Jeff's Craps Tables in the USA, and he was going to help me uh, build a table uh, by giving me some instructions. And he actually sent me out some corner, uh, some corner pieces for the chip rails, and. Um, the only downside is that uh, I just don't have the space, I don't have the tools, I don't necessarily have the skills or the time uh, to build a great table. So all of that added up meant, uh, look, this just wasn't going to happen. Um, getting, uh, I was going to buy one of Big Jeff's uh, tables um, and, uh, or some other timber masterpiece uh, piece of furniture from America, uh, and it was just going to cost me a fortune in shipping. Or so I thought. But um, I thought, no, what I'll do is I'll get a table built just the way how I want it. Uh, so I found a vendor in China uh, by using the Alibaba uh, network of manufacturers over there. This is a very risky uh, venture because uh, essentially you're buying, from a, a ta uh, buying a table from a manufacturer in another country. Uh, you can only see photos of what they've produced so far or supposedly produced. You don't even know if they've produced it. Um, but with a lot of trepidation, I was chatting with two vendors for over a month to try and pick the right one that I thought would do the best job and most importantly, deliver the table to me in Australia. Um, I'm not going to reveal the vendor that I ultimately chose because, uh, as you will see uh, when, when I get to that, uh, they didn't really meet my expectations. So uh, the table that I wanted was... Uh, an eight foot table, which is not regulation. I wanted something, I'd love to have a 12 foot or a 14 foot table, but I just don't have the room. So eight foot's about 2.4 meters. And uh, what I wanted was uh, a lot of the tables that were available from, from the Chinese manufacturers were quite sh uh, skinny. 
they weren't as wide as what you get in a casino. So I wanted, I wanted at least four foot. I wanted 1.2 meters wide. Um, most of the others were about one meter, maybe 900 uh, millimeters. So, um, yeah, not, not as wide. I wanted that extra space. Um, the, but most importantly, I wanted the table to be portable. And by portable, I mean, I wanted it to be able to be broken down, stored, but also move from room to room or place to place and then put back together again. Um, I have many videos on my website on how to build a craps table, uh, on, on my how to build a craps table page of people building tables that, that can be broken down and used as they're needed. So I took ideas from all of those and put in some of my own and then I gave the vendor my instructions of exactly what I wanted. The table cost $950 US. Um, which I had, uh, I had to electronic uh, funds transfer over to China. Now, interestingly enough, that was a two-hour visit to the bank to try and make that happen. And in the end, they couldn't help me. I had to do it by, by, my, by myself via internet banking. Um, and it was like pulling teeth. It was ridiculous. You'd think I was the first person to try and send money to a bank in China from Australia. I, I was literally amazed and frustrated at the same time. Um, one month after this, and they were building the table, one month ticked away and I was eagerly waiting for some photos of my craps table. And I basically call it furniture art because essentially that's what it is. It's, it's fine furniture. It turned out that, um, when I got the photos, it was a very clean job, well constructed, but you can't see everything from photos. It, it wasn't essentially the shots that were taken weren't the stuff I really wanted to see. And I should have asked to see the table disassembled and, and with a clear showing of how the table bolts back together again and using the clips and locks and other stuff that it should have had from, from what I asked for. Uh, but I got so caught up in getting the table to me that I, I didn't bother with that. So uh, lesson learned there. Um, the, the next stage after the build was harder than the actual build itself, and that's the shipping. So once the table was all done and I had the photos and it looked good, I thought, right, yeah, let's go. Let's do the shipping. I tell you, what a nightmare doing shipping from another country into Australia. They do not make it easy at all. And if you have anything that's out of the ordinary, large, made of timber, uh, odd shapes, it's even harder. Um, I have not had any prior shipping import or export experience before this, so I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. First, I had to engage an import broker to help me because I, I could see, just looking at all the paperwork, I wasn't going to be able to get this table into the country on my own. Um, the broker provided me with all the forms and more money was transferred to the broker to get things started and then lots of paperwork ensued. Uh, I needed to get the broker everything that they needed. So it was, it was quite a paperwork exercise. The craps table ended up being packed from China in a shipping container with eight other tables that was en route to Sydney. Uh, I thought that was okay and it was more likely to get here rather than just on its own if it was in a box with other craps tables, so I thought that was a good thing. But it ended up being an issue. As they weren't going to Brisbane, uh, essentially, they were going to Sydney. And for those that know Australia, Sydney is nowhere near Brisbane and it's not a trivial exercise from Sydney to Brisbane. So um, that, that was a shame. 
Uh, what, what I've come to know now is the extortion racket that goes on with importing goods into this country. I don't know what it's like in other countries, but this was a disaster. The whole process was geared to extracting the maximum amount of money uh, from me at every step. And they know that if you don't pay it, you don't get your goods. So you have to pay. It's, it's pure extortion. Um, I have mentioned to everyone since having this done, uh, this importing done, that I have no idea how any company in Australia can afford to import goods into this country and make a profit. It's an absolute joke. Now for the good part. The container ship went to Sydney first to offload the other tables in the container, and then I was extorted further money for that uh, because the table then had to be reloaded, repacked, and then sent to Brisbane. So while all this was going on, I got a call from the Australian Border Force, uh, uh, essentially questioning the import of a casino, casino table. Now, for those that don't know what Australian Border Force is, there's, there's actually a show, a TV show in Australia called Border Force, where they film real busts of people who are trying to import illegal stuff into the country. And uh, basically, I was being questioned as to why they thought I was going to uh, start up my own casino, why I'm bringing this table in. Um, but it gets even better. It gets even better. Listen for this. Once I had, once the table had made it to Brisbane, it had to be put into quarantine for fumigation because it's a timber-based product from another country. So that was a few days. It was released. Then I had 24 hours to get it out of quarantine, out of the quarantine facility and then to my home. And the broker, I had to get the broker to organise a delivery truck with a hydraulic lift on the back of it because of its uh, the, contain the uh, crate large size and the weight of the table. So you'll like this. The delivery driver shows up at my residential home, not an industrial setting, this is a residential area, and says to me, where's my forklift? He's on his own and he can't lift the table off, off the truck. He wanted a forklift. Uh, I, I just said to him, you've got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. So I ended up uh, helping him drag the table onto the lift and then got it down onto the grass beside the footpath, which we, we call it the footpath, I think, in other countries, they might call it a sidewalk or something like that. It's outside, of, it's outside of my property. It's outside of my house. The table's wrapped up in a makeshift crate of just strips of plywood that they've nailed together, that the manufacturer in China put together. And by this time, by the time it was coming off the truck, uh, with this low quality uh, crate wrapping that was around it, it was literally falling apart. I, I should have taken a photo. I really should have. It was, it was, it was a classic. Uh, I don't even know how it got from China in that state. Um, the truck driver then says to me, good luck, and packed up and left. So I'm standing out the front of my property. I'm left all alone with a 140 kilogram large crate half falling apart with a second crate, uh, which has a uh, crate box, which had the table legs in it. Um, I, it's just on the grass out the front. And I look up at the sky in defeat. And what do I see? But storm clouds. I can't believe it. My heart sank again because it's about to rain and by the look of the clouds it was really heavy heavy rain so um i couldn't believe that after all this effort money and time my table was going to be ruined before i even get it into the house i had no one to help no one to call everyone i knew was at work 
my kids, which are in their late teens, uh, they were they were out. The wife was not at home, so I just had no spare time. I had to get I had to get my large crowbar out and started inching the crate into the property, uh, like they would have done uh, in the days where there were no machinery or forklifts or anything like that. Uh, it, it wasn't even inching. It was more like centimetering, which is even less than inching. And uh, I dragged that bloody thing all the way to the side of the house, which is about 20 meters. Um, and I needed to, I needed actually to get it to my storage shed, which is in my backyard, which was about another 35 meters away. So I just, I, I couldn't move it anymore. I was totally spent. Uh, the rain was about to drop. And in a large last ditch effort, I, I got a couple of wooden planks that we had lying around and I lifted, I lifted the crate up on its side, leaning the table up against the house. And then, and then I wedged it up with the, with the wooden planks and threw a tarp over it. And then the rain really came down and, um, but my table was safe. So I, I was totally a wreck after that. Um, the next day I was fortunate enough to be having some building work happening at the house and uh and i asked the builders before they started for the day if they would help me move the table into my storage shed so i stripped off the outer crate to reveal the table inside it wasn't in pieces as i'd expected it was one big table all put together with no ability to break it down uh i it was like a, i got slapped in the face um i was very disappointed and and it just wasn't what i asked for uh, I knew it was going to be an effort now to try and make this table portable. And I have very little time at the moment with my life and work that I just don't have the time to do that sort of work. But the builders were very impressed with it as, you know, it's a very impressive uh, table um, until they tried to lift it. <laughs> it took four of us with great struggle to get this thing into the storage shed and safely leaning up against the wall. I covered the table up again with for protection because I knew this is where it was going to stay for a while. Uh, anyway, it sat there for 10 months until I got the time to cut it up into pieces so I could move it. Um, all in all, when I look back on it and I try and add it all up, and this is the first time I've done this, I, 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 it took the table about a month to make its way from China to Brisbane on a boat and then get to my door. And um, I'll break down the cost for you. So the table cost... 950 US dollars, which is about 1284, 1284 Australian dollars. Uh, the broker and import charges were 600 Australian dollars. The port charges that I got extorted uh, were 640 dollars. Uh, and these are all broken down into all these little tiny charges. I, I, I'll make a note of them one day. It's classic. Um, Quarantine and fumigation was $500 Australian and delivery from the airport, which is only about 20 minutes away from me, was $500. Um, so the total cost when I add all that up is $3,474. Now, Australian. Now, that is a lot more cost than I thought it would be. Uh, when I first put the order in for the table, I, I thought, okay, this is this is manageable, but that just grew out of control. Uh, once you have, once you start, you have to keep going, otherwise you just don't get your goods. Um, I knew shipping was going to hurt, and it did. 
Um, it, it, but it's the unknown cost that got me with this purchase. If, if I had have purchased this table from the USA, it, I think in the end it probably would have cost me about the same. With the shipping, the import costs, it still would have needed to be fumigated and quarantined for inspection. It still would have needed to be delivered to my door. It still would have been heavy, large, in a crate. So it, uh, there are costs here that, that you just could not escape. So the only way to, I think, get a decent table in Australia is to build one here um, and then eliminate, eliminate that shipping uh, costs. So really, you need to find somebody that's uh, a furniture builder or someone like that to be able to do it. So um, I did have uh, grand visions of making craps great. I do. I do still have that. I do still have that. Um, I do still have grand visions of, of making craps great in Australia. It's, it's, it's one of the ways I've, I've thought about doing that is to get more craps tables in Australia. You've got to get the more tables. You've got to expose more people to the game because every time I talk to people, they don't actually know what craps is. And it, it's, it's about getting people exposure to the game and seeing how fun it can be and then and then that, that hopefully get a bit of a groundswell going there. So I have a placeholder, another placeholder website, which is called crapstables.com.au. That's just sitting there ready to go. I just need to work all the rest out. So how can I, how can I provide craps tables to people in Australia? Economically, that's not going to uh, break uh, their budgets because ultimately uh, getting a craps table for three and a half thousand dollars that's a, that's an exorbitant expense for some people. So people need to um, enjoy the game, like the game, and only certain only a certain amount of people are going to get a craps table in their house. Let's face it; it's just it is what it is. So um, now I'll I'll end up going back to the start of this podcast and the, this post, and and I want to share those photos to you of the rebuild of where I was cutting up the table and putting it back together again. But also I've got some photos on there of when I used it for the first time, first time in my uh, soccer team, over 40 soccer team breakup uh, day that I had. And we played craps for a few hours and I took some, I had some photos taken there. Uh, so they'll be up on the site and I will, I'll, that's a topic for another day is, is, is uh, how when you have a home party with how people react to the table for the first time. I've spoken about that last year at Halloween because we, I had a makeshift table and I've got some photos up on the website for that as well. But you have to dig back to, to last uh, Halloween time. But if you go to crapsjourney.com forward slash 063, that'll get you there so you can have a look at some of those photos. And um, we actually uh, have some more parties lined up so I might actually ta try to take a, set up the video camera there and just uh, show to people, how do I explain the game to people? How do I break people into the game and slowly phase them in so that they're not totally uh, overwhelmed by the layout and all the myriad of bets that you can do? So it's interesting how uh, people first approach the table, but that's a topic for, that's a topic for another podcast. But I've rambled on enough today. I finally got my story out about how I came to have my home craps table. And I tell people uh, little snippets of the story and they just laugh. It's just, it's just a comedy of errors from start to finish. And, uh, but in the end, I've got my table. It's all break, break downable now. It's, it's able to be put together with bolts 
and it, uh, it, it's finally getting to the point where I want it to be. When I did cut it up, it did get a little bit damaged. Uh, it does need a little bit of repair from that, and I will get to that. But for now, it's serviceable. It's a full table. So I'm actually looking forward to, uh, to being able to put on and host some more parties and really get the use out of it for my own practice sessions and then get back to the casino again in time. But that's it for me today. Uh, as always, uh, subscribe to the podcast if you're on iTunes, Stitcher or any other podcasting platform and uh, you'll be, have access to the back catalogue of all the episodes. And um, other than that, I'll talk to you again soon.